Hello, welcome to West Coast Fire. I'm Pastor Brian King, your host. And today you see we're in a little bit different venue. We thought we'd shake things up a little bit. So I'm over at uh, my son's house. And Bo, come on and join us. Um, you know, this is, um, we're still in quarantine pandemic time. Cheers. And Bo's <laughs> got um, several hundred children. It seems like hundred children at times. Like Abraham. Yeah, like he's a father of many nations. And so he's homeschooling while his wife is working and you know, you do what you gotta do in these times. Right. So uncertain times. Thank, so do we thank do. you for having West Coast Fire Traps. Absolutely, yeah, it's a pleasure. So today the, the the title of this episode is American Christianity versus the Bible. Things God never said. And yeah, that was, that was a good, yeah, it's right there. Well, I found out y'all don't listen to us unless there's got, if there's a catchy title, they'll listen. Um, so, you know, but what we want to talk about today is there are so many things, because see, Bo, Bo and I have, we have this really cool father-son relationship in that 90% of what we talk about, we try to stay off politics. Yeah, it's probably best. But 90% of what we do talk about is, is the things of God, Amen. the spiritual matters. Amen. And one of the things that keeps coming up is the things that the church teaches from the pulpit that the Bible never says. Yeah, we 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 have the same hatred for, for yeah, spiritual BS. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and see, yeah. the thing is, it's, it's one thing to teach something that the Bible doesn't say. It's a totally different thing to say that's what the Bible says. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this morning, or this afternoon, well, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> but I, I, you got to admit the artwork is really cool. I like it. It's a great, it's a nice, calm. You know, my place is all bright colors and, you know, it kind of looks like Walt Disney on acid or something. <laughs> um, this is very serene and very peaceful. So but let's, so let's just talk about some of the things. Um, I'm going to throw something. We're going to save the, we're gonna save the most controversial for last. Yeah. For last. So, uh, so let's just talk about some things that pastors say. That um, because see at reignite, one of the things, one of one of the key points in, in our in our, our doctrine and our mission statement is to maintain biblical accuracy in everything that we do. Which means if the Bible doesn't line up with it, then we stay away from it. Yeah, amen. Um, you can do that if you want to, but we're we're just going to leave that alone. So. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do it. But so let's talk about this. So um, I, I came out of a, of, a, of, a, of a church system where one of the things that was taught was that you can't be a fivefold leader. And for those of you who don't know what the fivefold is, fivefold is the five offices that are mentioned in Scripture: apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And yes, all five offices have been restored to the church in this amen. day before Jesus yeah, returns. The office of apostle is there. Apostles are builders and leaders. They're, they're all servants. We are all servants of God. An apostle is a servant that builds. A prophet is a servant that foretells. A pastor is a servant that, 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 guides, the flock. that guides the flock and ministers. A teacher is a servant that teaches. And an evangelist is a servant that brings people in. Yeah. But we're all servants. So the fivefold, uh, there's there's a belief and a teaching out there that if you're a member of the fivefold, you have to be married in order to fulfill God's call in your life. I, that's, I mean, personally, I see it a dead direct contradiction in Scripture. Yeah, Paul says, I wish you were as I am, but with no wife. Right. 
So that that I mean I, I as a uh, as a dad and a husband, I obviously that love my wife and kids get to no end. But I guarantee that I could get more done if they weren't around. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I got absolutely four kids and a wife who get demands my attention and we have well, better than four wives and a kid. Can you imagine? Sometimes it feels the same. <laughs> <laughs> she will not be allowed to watch this, actually. Uh, so, uh, while this... <laughs> Amen, cheers. No, no, seriously, though, it's... It, they, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that. They demand attention. And my kids, in order to grow up in you know, the things of God, I have to teach them and guide them and... and Right. And help them learn what's godly and what's not. That takes time and attention. I can't. Right. I can't be out preaching. Yeah, when I need to teach my kids and be home to pray with them every. I pray with them every single night. Right. And it's. I have to be home to do that. And so it's. I do believe that there's going to come a day where I'm traveling and preaching, and I'm not home all the time. But I'm praying that when that comes, everybody comes with me. Probably not accurate. I hope it is though. But it's so. Maybe and my wife. Maybe that's why you're getting the homeschool parent thing maybe, now. Maybe, that maybe. So you can do it on the road. <laughs> maybe God had to, God has His plan, and it's that's, not. I'm teasing. By yeah. <laughs> no. So it. Um, and if you know my wife, she demands attention. Like she's she was not having me off gone. I mean, if I go, I can go, but I better be home that night. You know what I mean? So, but, and there's coming a time where I'll be gone, but we're... So, I said, it's going to be hard when you're preaching in the now. Yeah, and so, but, but it just, it takes time. And, and you can do more for God if you don't have attachments to the, and let me make this clear for, for all the Christians who, who are striving for, to own their own business and to own a house and to get married and have kids. All those things are are tethered to get to the world. Yeah, that's all it does. It keeps you yeah locked down in one place. I got to pay my bills. I think God's calling me to Africa. Yeah, but I got a house and a mortgage. You know what I mean? So it's they tether you to the world, and that's why Paul. Yeah, Paul told them, "I wish you were as I." Right. And had no wife, but nothing tethering me to the world. I go where God tells me to go. Yeah, when He tells me to go, and that's it. Right. And you know, and while we're on this subject, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stomp right out there. I should have worn my boots, my construction <laughs> boots today, because I'm just gonna stomp right out into some forbidden territory. And that's this script, this you know, teaching um, in the mainstream evangelical churches that says that God ordained the marriage between one man and one woman. I mean, you could say what you want, but I don't really see that anywhere in Scripture. I mean, it's, it's in the New Testament, it says for the yeah, leaders of the church. Right. But, I mean, but anywhere before that, it, um, it's yes. quite the opposite, actually. And that's Peter, actually. I believe it's Peter who gives that mandate. Like Peter Mike, so. and, but, I mean, Peter the Apostle. Yes, yeah. Uh, giving the mandate, and he's talking, like you said, to elders and it's one of that one of those words. Elders is translated as bishops. It's mm-hmm. Somebody like me who's got multiple churches that you're overseeing, and it's there in that one lone passage in the New Testament where Peter exhorts that if you're going to be a bishop or a leader, that you need to have one wife. 
And it, it's not because God was offended by the more than one wife, because he blessed all the patriarchs. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All through, I mean, David was a man after God's own heart, but he had nine wives. Um, so and he did some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the thing was, David was always about the repentance. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, um, oh, I know. I was using that. Was yeah, I know. But so <laughs> that in that one instance, yeah. it says for a leader, for a yeah. bishop, for an elder in the church, have one wife. And I truly, if you're listening to us, I, I truly believe that the reason for that is just what you said. Mm -hmm. Wives demand attention. Uh, and I can't even, imagine having more than one. Can you imagine having nine? No. Nine wives? Even two is too, is way too much. <laughs> Seriously, it's too much. And it's, this is not misogynistic. It's not against women. No. I adore both. I adore both wife. At their wedding, I gave a, a, a speech at the reception that her father still cries over. Yeah. Uh, because I adore her. She's the only woman I've ever met that I would compare to my own mother. And my mom was, you know, I, I literally, this is, this is how much I love my mom. Back in the days, my mom died when I was only 19, and all through my 20s, you know, I got, I became a Christian at the age of 26, but all through um, my, my 20s and my, my early 30s, up until the time you guys came along, I used to dream, um, fantasize about becoming wealthy enough to have my mother sainted in the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, because if you have enough money, you can do anything. Yeah. Um, but I, that's how much I loved and adored my mother. So yeah. for me to compare your wife to my mom, that was the highest. She's great. Ever. And, and yeah, and let me, and uh, um, yeah, th that was in no way a, like a jab at women. My no. wife is awesome. I just, to properly, I, we just live in different times. Back then, women weren't worth anything. And, and, and so it, it's, which is so crazy, but it's so. That have nine wives, it was because you could literally do them and move on, and that was all that mattered was that procreation. Right. And so nowadays, we are we. I love my wife. I was going to say now we actually give, love. Yeah, I want to give her everything that I possibly can, and to and to not only that, how painful it must have been for a woman to have to have share a man. That they love, they're with another woman, like, like the whole Rachel and Leah thing. And we're way off topic right now, but that, but to want it said that he loved Rachel, yeah, but right. yeah, hated Leah or not hated, he but he loved but he her less. And so for Leah to have to watch him get pine over Rachel and know that she loved him, but he didn't love her. That's like that's. That is real pain. If you ever loved a person that did not yeah. love you back, that is real pain. And she kept having his children. Yeah, hoping, hoping, saying, hoping this, time, this time, this time. Exactly. So that, that's we got what, way off topic, that, but amen. Yeah, but that's, this is all yeah. scripted. So that's what that's talking about. It's not because God mandated yes. in scripture one man and one woman. That That's nonsense. It doesn't say that anywhere. Yeah. Yes, Jesus did bless the wedding in Canaan. It never says that that is the only woman, the only wife that man had. Yeah, it could have been his third wedding. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, it could have been his third wife. Nobody knows. Um, so, so because the, actually the only thing mentioned is that Jesus attended the wedding and at the reception he turned the water into wine. Mm -hmm. So we, I, what we're talking about here is I want y'all to start thinking about some of the things that you say the Bible says. And start looking at them and see if that's actually what the Bible says. Yeah, one of the, I think one of the ones that really it just it drives me crazy is when when people say 
that God won't give you more than you can handle. And I say BS. Does that say that in Scripture? I've never seen it. <laughs> but, so, but they'll use that. God will, and, and it says that God will not let you be tempted right. beyond what you can bear. Exactly. And it doesn't say that, that the temptation is not hard. It said there's a door out. Right. You can you can continue on in the temptation until you crack or take that door he right. provided out of it. But they use it as God will not let you go through any hard, hard circumstance yet beyond what you can bear. And I call that that's not true because if you don't have to go through, go through a thing that's greater than what you can bear... Then you never have to rely on him, right? And you know, and a, a perfect classic example, guys, is the loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. The loss of a loved one, um, you know, it's so ridiculous. It, it's it it can be literally. I've I've known. Well, you know, you hear about it all the time an older couple that's been married, mm-hmm. and um, you know they've been married 40, 50, 60 years. And one of them dies, and the ne- the other one dies within days, sometimes yeah. hours. Or was, I think it was just last year. There was a couple in in a nursing home, uh, in the same nursing home, and she was on one side and he was on the other. And I think it was the wife died first, and within twenty minutes he died. Oh wow! And he they hadn't even told her. Oh my goodness! It's just they were they were so attached. But you hear about people who they lose somebody and they just they they grieve and they die of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. So there is, God, God will allow you to go through more than you can handle. That, was it God's intention that that man die of a broken heart over his wife or the wife over her husband? No, I don't believe it is. But that's where you've got to know Jesus. That's where knowing Jesus, you, you turn to him and say, you know, Lord, I, I, can't, I can't bear this on, on my own. Yeah. You know, if, if you want me to make it through this, if you still have stuff for me to do in this life, you need to step in and help me right now because I'm going under for the third well, time. And I personally believe that that's how I, I venture to say the majority of Christians come to Jesus is going through when life is crumbling around yeah. them and they're going, God, I need you. What do I do? Yeah. And God, I can't do this. And I believe that that's how the majority of people come to Christ is ending up in a place in life where... They can't take it anymore, and so because they're going through more than they can bear, right? So I, I, I um, and the flip on that is a lot of Christians get to that point to where they're going through more than they can bear, and instead of pressing in, they, they give up. And yeah, I, and I'm going to get real vulnerable here. Yeah, go ahead. When I mean, you won't remember this, but when we lost your little brother, yeah, I lost it. Yeah. My marriage, everything fell apart because I couldn't deal with the fact that we lost a second child. Yeah, and and this is the damage that platitudes cause is you get told God won't give you more, God won't give you more than you can take, and then you end up with more, and you're like, well, does He not love me? Yeah, I was told. Yeah, that He didn't give me more than you could take. Yeah, and it's it's the same. Um, I was a, a disaster relief missionary, for those who don't know, and, and one of the first lessons that they ever taught us was do not tell people everything happens 
Yeah. For a reason. Absolutely. Or, or, or um, all things work together for the good. Don't tell them that. They just hug people, love them, and move on. Right. Because that stuff does real damage it, to it, a hurting person. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And, and you know, platitudes, some, of, some, some platitudes are things that Scripture says, uh, like the um, all things work together for good for those who love, love the God. Lord, who are called according to His purpose. They work together for your good. For his purpose, not right. work together for your good, for your purpose. Exactly. Exactly. There's so a difference there. We've got to be careful with what you say to people um, because, like you said, saying the wrong thing, take, saying the right thing at the wrong time, saying the right thing twisted um, can do damage. Yeah, it can, can do absolute damage. And one of, you know, I, I want to get back into some of the things the church is teaching because we're going we got I want to save the last 10 minutes for the biggie okay um, one one of the other things is is telling people that God has a mate for them that, yeah. that everybody has a mate and the church that we were involved with before I was told well the word of God says that it is that God said it was not good for man to be alone he said that's Adam. He said that the Adam and Adam was the only literal, the <laughs> only living human being on the earth. Adam was literally alone. Yeah. You cannot take a scripture that was spoken to a single man who was the only man in the universe and yeah. say that now that there's seven and a half billion other people around you, it means it's not the good for you to be alone. Thing, yeah. And it means the same it thing because yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. God has not called every one of us to have a spouse. Yeah. Um, um, there are some people that he definitely has. Some people he'll give a spouse to because they've got to have that person right beside them, or the world, otherwise they're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, the tying back into having to have a spouse if you're in fivefold and not being able to do it. I just when we were to I something was about to come out and then you changed gears real quick and I just I wanted to okay, say, say something. You nowhere in scripture and nowhere have I ever seen that you are allowed to choose your own office. No, I said that you yeah, don't no. get to choose the gifts that God no. gives you. You yeah. don't get to choose your office. That is done by God. We know people that are involved in a, in a church that you get to choose your own office. Yeah, that is a bunch of baloney. Well, it, it's it's if you make a big enough stink, you'll get the office you want. Sounds to me like a petulant child who needs to be spanked. Well, but see. Like, you know, I, I, and I bring this up in my book. There's, so crazy. there was a situation that uh, that happened a couple of years back, and 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 I, I went to this particular leader, and I, I I went, I took the situation to him. I said, "This is wrong. It's not God." Yeah. And it was something that was being done. He said, "You're right." I said, "Well, why don't you tell this you know, this person that this is not God?" He said, "Well, because he's not mature enough to receive the truth." Yeah. But the Word of God says they speak the, the Word of Truth and love to bring about the maturing of the saints. So, being a people pleaser, that's not in Scripture either. There is nowhere in, in the Bible that Jesus was a people pleaser. They, they don't, <laughs> folks. They don't crucify people pleasers. That's right. If you that's that's right. They don't. If you don't have somebody wanting to crucify you, you probably ain't doing it right. If he, if 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 Jesus was a people pleaser, he would have came down off the cross when they told them absolutely who he was proved who he was, and everybody would have loved him. Yeah, they would have all bowed down to him. I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. And, and but. But that wasn't the plan of redemption. It wasn't. No, correct. And you know what? Thank God. 
Yeah, because it, had they had done everything perfect, the Gentiles would not be Absolutely. accepted. And that's a whole other theological. <laughs> Either with half Jews yeah. or Ethiopians. Also, so real quick before we hit the last one, I want to, you know, um, I got it. I understand. We have it. <laughs> It's a long, it's, it's, a, a, it's a father-son <laughs> joke going on. So, it, um, it's something that I, I keep stumbling upon these things in the church, and I'm like, blows me away. There's this widespread movement being led that, that there was no wrath of God for people to, for Jesus to pay the price for, yeah, for people to escape, and I just, and... They're led by Richard Rohr and these other and these other the people in, in the emerging church and Paul said if somebody comes to you preaching a different gospel whether it's an angel or one of us if that come back to you and, te- and yeah, preaches another yeah, gospel doubt to be damned because this yeah. and, and, and so I just man if you're one of those people getting swept up in the emerging church and getting swept up by the doctrine that Jesus didn't have to pay a price, that that basically that God didn't kill Jesus on our behalf, then you're being misled and you need to come back to it. Because that that is what happened. There's a book out by, I can't remember his name, he's a big pastor called Did God Kill Jesus? And the answer is yes. Yes, he did. His wrath was poured out on Jesus on the cross. But the balance of that is the word says before the foundations of the world were laid. Yes, he was slain. That the was the world. plan. He was the word, and he he and the Father, the word well, and the Father together came up with the plan of redemption. And that's the before thing: man is God, and his people look at, oh, how could God kill his son? How could this? God son God killed life. God. God took it on Him. He right. took our punishment on Him because He is love, but He is just, yeah, and absolutely. the just is crucial that even though he is love and could just oh I wiped your sins away because he is 100% love you know, he's also 100% just the price that he declared had to be paid had to be paid right and he took on human correct he did pain and then laid his correct. own and, life and down because Jesus said no man takes my life from me I, I lay, lay it down, down. and that's and that's it, it. so and I see, just and wanted... this, is, this is a big movement in the, in the more liberal oh it's big I didn't realize church. how big it was if if real quick I'm going to do a plug I got no part of this I just if you haven't watched American Gospel Christ Crucified rent it and watch it it is amazing and it will bring you back to your roots of that's why I'm a Christian. Right. Okay, so, so yeah, we've, go got, we've got that as a heresy on the part, of the, flat left, on the, part yeah. of the left yeah. of, the, of the progressive church. But there's a massive heresy that's taken root in, in the conservative um, Pentecostal charismatic church. Yeah, and that's what? the seven, the, the seven the, of the dominion. Uh, dominionism and the seven mountain theory, uh, the seven mountain mandate. Yeah, it's called the seven mountain mandate, and this is something that you know I love the music and stuff that's coming out of Bethel, but I gotta call this what it is. It's heresy, folks. Yeah, it's crazy. Bethel, Bethel you need to you, you need to get your hit your knees because you're you're preaching stuff that is not from the Word of God. Let me say real quick before I tell you what seven mountain the seven mountain mandate is. 
the word says that out of the mouth of two or more witnesses a thing is established. So you cannot take a single solitary verse and build a doctrine on it. Amen. That's what people have been doing. Right. That gets them into trouble. Exactly. The seven mountain mandate says that out of Genesis one twenty eight, where God said, told man, go and take dominion over the, over the fish mm-hmm. and over the birds and, and over mm-hmm. the whole earth. Go take dominion. He's, that's, they perverted that scripture. Seven mountain mandate says that there are seven mountains that, that man needs to take dominion over before Jesus Christ returns. And that those, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even know that. See, one. I don't know much about this. Before you get into it, can I just say, I love Bill Johnson. Oh, he is I, a, a I, great I man too. of God. Some of the things happening at the church are questionable. But Bill Johnson as a man is an amazing man of God. I just I, want to throw I that out that we are not. He has poured a lot into me. That we are not but, against yeah, Bill Johnson. No, but I'm against this teaching, Bill. Yeah, I amen. love you, but I'm against this one teaching here, brother. And it's not just Bill Johnson. It's Lance Wallenow. It, it's it's a lot of people. There's a group of them. There's always a, group there's a whole group. But they say that the, that, that the church needs to take dominion over the mountains of education, religion, family, business, government, military, arts, entertainment, and media. Which sounds good. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like a bad thing. But this, but, but I want you to see what folks, what you don't understand is that is not of God. God, Jesus Christ said, go ye therefore and make disciples, followers. He did not say, go and turn the world upside down, make autonomous, autonomous robots that will say everything that you say yeah. and do everything that you do and believe everything that you believe. Yeah, this, what that is, is that is a Christian form of Sharia law. Because any, wow. anybody, because any, there is no room in there for anything other than Christianity. Yeah. Jesus didn't go say and make the world Christian. He said, make disciples. Disciples Disciples are individual people. We are not called to take over the government. We are not called to take over the military. If Jesus had taken over the military and the government in his day, they would not. That's what they wanted. That's what they were looking for. That's what the Jews were looking for. Yeah. They would not have crucified the king of glory had he had taken dominion over those things. And when Jesus died, he didn't say, okay, I failed. Now my followers, I want you to go take dominion over this. They went back to an Old Testament scripture, grabbed hold of it, and are using it as a what reason. What scripture are they? Genesis one twenty-eight, which says what? It says that God goes, make, goes, go, go dominion. take dominion over over the so earth. So where do they get the seven mountains from? This is this is all stuff they've come up with. This the, the only verse that they base this on is Genesis one twenty-eight. Well, because I I remember uh, watching the Sidroth. Uh, Show and he had Lance Wallenew on, and and he was talking about it, and it honestly it sounds good the way yeah. that they're just, it doesn't sound and the, and this is I always go back to this scripture. There's a way in a man's heart that seems right, but that way leads to death. And, and the key in in that verse is there's a way that seems right. It doesn't seem wrong, and and that I mean for. That's that's American Christianity because right. they, and, well, I mean, people forget that yes, God is is in control, but as of right now, the devil has legal right to the world, especially Hollywood, especially all all these ways. He's got a legal right to it, right. and so it's to thinking that we're going to go in and completely t- you know, take it over 
if we were if, if if we were able to go in and basically take over the world and turn the world Christian, read Revelation. That's not what the world looks right. like when Jesus it's, comes back. Right. It's and not. Seven Mountain Dominionism says that he will not return until we've done this. And that doesn't make any sense. That, that's actually backwards. I, I would venture to say, I mean, if you paid attention at all over the last year, things are progressively getting worse. And if right. you watch it... Scripture, that's what happens. Things right. get, maybe not for the world, for us it gets worse. Right. It gets harder, get more persecution, more um, more harsh punishments for being a Christian, more, um, they're trying to get a white Christianity out. And, okay, and I'm going to take this as a, as a segue. Folks, I need you to hear me and hear me good. The nonsense like this, and the nonsense that's going on in the, in the evangelical church with politics is exactly what is going to bring persecution onto Christians. Yeah. Because y'all are laying the foundation for it yourself. You're asking for it. When you oppress people in Jesus' name, yeah. you're asking for persecution. When somebody pushes back against that kind, that, it's not persecution yeah. on you. It's they're calling you out for being a bully. Yeah. They're calling you out for, for, for being anything but what the scripture says. You start acting like Jesus on the Mount of, of Beatitudes, on the Mount of Olives, and nobody's going to persecute you. But when you start, this is why we've got such a, an explosive situation in this country right now, because there's so much going on that the church is applauding. Yeah. The church is applauding and saying yes, instead of standing against it. The church should not be applauding children in cages. And I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. No. That's crazy. You, you can't do that. The church cannot applaud infants being taken away from their mothers. Because when we do, when you do the stuff that the rest of... Why is it that the rest of the world knows that's not acceptable, but right now in America the Christian church doesn't? Yeah. It's because the church has bought into this American Christian... We have come up with our own version of Christianity. And it's, it's we are basically doing things that will advance our political and our social agendas. I would venture to say that people have taken Christianity as a set of values and have forgotten that it's not about the values, it's not about good morals, it's about that, that Jesus rose from the dead. Right? People forget that that on, on the third day after he was killed, his, his people were hiding from the Jews. And that's when Christianity began, is when he, was when he came back and we realized he is who he told us he was. Right. And so it's no longer, it's not about anti-abortion. It's not about, it's not, a, it's not about pro-gun. It's not about all these right-wing things, which I'm a Republican, not pro-Trump, but Republican. And, and, all the core values are great, but this ain't about values. This is about Jesus. This right. is about who Jesus is, who he Absolutely. told us he was, and following him, being right. a Christian, is about being close with Jesus, not about good morals. Right. It's not. The it, good morals comes yeah, because you follow Jesus, but it's not about that stuff. Right. It never has been. And Jesus isn't white. He's not American. He's not Republican. He's not Democrat. He's none of those things. He's Jesus. He, he's not going to show up wearing a red hat with an AR <laughs> over his shoulder. Yeah, that's not Jesus. 
that's who the American evangelical church is making him out to be, but that's not who he is. Yeah. He's the risen son of the living God, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Yes. And if you're one of those people listening today, and all of this yuck has gotten in your way of hearing him and of having a relationship to him, with him, on behalf of the church, I'm sorry, I just want to apologize. Um, that's not the way it was meant to be. And that's why the word says of my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent of their sin and of their wicked ways. And I'll hear from heaven and heal their land. So I just pray right now today that you're able to set aside, filter through, figure out what Jesus said and what he didn't. Don't, he didn't talk, call us to follow. He didn't call you to follow us. He called you to follow him. That's right. So I'm Pastor Brian King. With Reignite Ministries International, wishing you the blessing of Shalom. May there be nothing missing, nothing broken in your lives. I love you all. Goodbye.